Well, it's a blessing to be here for sure. I, I'm, I guess this is the, I'm the last one. So it's kind of just been on a decline. I mean, we've had great services for our mission Sundays up to now. I mean, that's what I got a while ago. I'm just, I'm just telling you, that's what I heard. And so, uh, you know, and, and the other six guys weren't able to be here. And so we got to the bottom of the barrel. We called Brother JR because we know his schedule's wide open. Um, he won't be going anywhere. And so we'll have him finish it off, uh, bring our last mission Sunday. And so I, I, don't, I don't really know how it went, but we're glad to be here. I'm just kind of like the old maid. I'm just waiting to be asked. So if I get an opportunity to go somewhere, I go somewhere. And, so, and to come here, this is a blessing. I'll tell you what, a lot of old friends getting older. <clears throat> I mean, it's pretty bad when you're the guest preacher and you have to help some of your old friends get into church this morning <laughs> help, and, and help them find the church. I'm looking for one in particular right now. I can't believe I can't find his head. Maybe he's not in here. Is Carneal not in here? Did he not come to Sunday school? Is he, is he in here? Okay. Okay, there, there he is. Okay. Thank you, Sammy, for, for locating him for me. All right. Now, got, 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 calm down. Calm down, hun. That's what I've always been known as. J.R. Hun. And so, uh, that's been my nickname, and so, but I just, you know, to help Brother John find the church, even find the church this morning was a blessing to me to get to help you. You've been such a blessing, and so, and to help you get in here and, and find a place to sit, and so, and the lower I talk, the less he hears me, and so, I know he's not hearing a word I'm saying right now, but he knows I, he just leaned over to Miss Brenda and said, what's he saying? And so, he's an interpreter, and so, no, great, great to see folks, and, and good friends, and, uh, some, some of you didn't even know you were my friend, but you are. And so uh, we're, we're glad to be here today and uh, thankful for this church, thankful for your pastor and his wife, and their family, they're special to us, and um, thankful for the support of this church, uh, for the ministry there at Calvary. God's doing great things, and uh, he's had his work cut out for him this year, and it's been one crazy year, and I know I'm not telling you anything, but it's just been a crazy year. Someone, <clears throat> the pastor of our church last fall said this, I'm so tired of 2019 and all the problems. I can't wait for 2020 to get here. And I think the Lord said, I'll show you. <laughs> and so he has, definitely has. And mom had been diagnosed with cancer, as many of you know, last year in 2019. And she passed away this year in May. And uh, I said, you know, I'm just, I'm just ready for 2019 to be done. And then the Lord just really gave us something to really, I think, to test our faith and our trust, and I, Bill, honestly, I've been preaching a lot on trusting him, because I've been convicted in my own life, because I stand here and say one thing, and if I'm not careful, I walk out and I live another thing. I don't trust him like I should many times, and we just had to put our trust in the Lord. I don't have answers for all this, but he does. And I don't know what all's going on. I don't know what's going to happen next month. But he does. Now, I know the desires of my heart, and he knows the desires of my heart because I trust him and I pray. I don't know, what, I don't know what's going to take place in our country, but I know this. God knows, and he's not worried about it. He's not worried about it. I don't need to be worried about it. I don't, need, I don't want my life to be so altered that I can't enjoy the goodness and the graciousness and the mercy of God, and some folks just aren't experiencing it right now because they're letting it get to them, 
And I just, I just choose not to do that. I, I like to have a good time. You say, well, life's not all about having a good time. Well, then don't ride with me. Because I like to have a good time sometimes, mostly at other people's expense. But I like to have a good time. And so, uh, what a great thing. What a missions month. This is, this is a neat thing. And to have a different preacher in every Sunday. I, I go out and preach in places like this and I get new ideas. And I go back and I use those ideas in the ministry. I was, I was at a funeral um, a few months ago. A missionary friend's son committed suicide. And so, 17 years old. So I went to uh, Mississippi to the funeral. And I went ahead. The funeral was on Wednesday afternoon, so I stayed Wednesday night for the service. And the pastor got up to give announcements, and he mentioned about their 10,000-card mail-out. And he said, since it's just not right, not good for us right now to knock doors because people aren't opening the doors and people are calling and complaining because we're knocking doors, we're gonna, we did a 10,000-card mail-out, and it's just an invitation to the church, what time the services are. And he put on there, if you would like a phone call or a visit from church staff, please call this number. And I thought, wow, that's... So I asked him about it afterwards. He said, you know, Brother Jared, it costs us about $2,000 to mail out 10,000 cards, 10,000 homes. And I thought, wow, he's in a big town. If I mail out 10,000 cards in our county and you fall in Shakota, we will cover everyone. So I went home and challenged our church, let's do this. And our church, our church members took up the money for the postage. We mailed them out, mailed out the cards. The second day after the mail out, we get a call from a lady. You know, I'd like for somebody to come and visit. So we went over and visited with her. She hasn't missed church since. We have to go pick her up. She's in a walker, but she sits on the front row, hasn't missed church since. And I told her just the other day in announcements, I said, you know, I said, if you're the only one, if you're the only one that ever comes here, because of those cards, you were worth it. You were worth it. But there she sits. Miss Darlene sits on the front row. There she sits, Brother Bill, and I'm thinking, it was an investment. It costs money. It took time to do all that and to mail that out. And if we're not careful, we'll look at, well, there's just one. But you know what she told the, the couple that picks her up in our church? She told me the other day, she said, you know, I'm struggling with my salvation. I'm not sure... I'm not for sure that I'm saved. The Lord may allow us to reach that lady. She may be saved, and it's worth it. It's worth it. we got to quit putting dollar signs on souls. There's no, there is no, there, you, you can't put a price on things like that. You never know. This lady has a large family that lives around her, and none of them go to church. There's the seed. There's the, you never know what God's going to do. But I'll tell you this much. Nothing's going to happen if we don't do anything. I mean, if we just sit back and say, well, you know, we just can't give like, and we can't give a lot to missions. He didn't say a lot. He just said give. He said give and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. We're just supposed to give. He gives the lot if we'll just give. And so, I mean, there's just so many things. And now, now I come here in a missions month instead of a mission conference. I like this. I like this. A different preacher every Sunday, I get a whole month off. This is, this is good. I'm liking this. And get paid. Paid vacation. So I'm liking this. And so we're going to, starting in December, we're going to have missions. <laughs> no. But soon we will. Turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 2. Again, thank you for your support for the ministry at Calvary. Again, God's given us some men there right now that He's working in their life. He's He's making changes in their life. He's
putting homes back together. God's doing what He's always done at Calvary for 43 years this past September. We've been there 43 years. I came there when I was one. Or it had a one in it. And God's still doing what He's always done, and that's changing lives and working in lives. And we can't do it without God. And we can't do it without churches like this church that faithfully, monthly support and pray for the ministry there. We, we, know, we know who it is that does it. We, we get a lot of credit. We get a lot of credit. I get a lot of pats on the back. I get a lot of good things said. Brother J.R., y'all are doing such a great work there. We're really not. God's doing a great work. And, so, and the fact we get to be a part of it and see it, it's just, it's good. It's good. Mark chapter 2, I want to read several verses here to you today. And maybe to try to help you in, in this Sunday school time and challenge you a little bit. Um, about others, I think, um, I think we live, in, I, don't, I don't think I'm telling you anything, we live in a day where, boy, the focus is sure on us. And we focus a lot on us. And we need to get our eyes on what the Lord wants us to have our eyes on, and that's others, others around us. So Mark chapter 2, verse 1, And again he entered, entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noised that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch as there was no room to receive them, no, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. Now, if, if preaching the word was good enough for Jesus, it should be good enough for us. Well, you understand, Brother Jar, if you preach the word, you're not going to have great crowds. Jesus did. There was a lot, he preached the word. There was a lot of people here. If you preach the word, people are just not going to come. Uh, people that want to hear the word are going to come. He preached the word. It was good enough for my grandpa. It was good enough for my dad. It's good enough for me. This, this book right here. Now, I brought the King James. That's okay, isn't it? Is that all right? I've, I've got another one in the truck. I, I, don't, have, I don't have another one in the truck, Dad. <laughs> I, I don't. This is... <laughs> It's not black, it's red. My black one's falling apart, so I pulled this one out, and I thought, man, what kind of ridicule am I going to get having a red Bible? So far, so good. But this book works. It works. This King James Bible works. It changes lives. And if Jesus preached it, we need to preach it. Well, there's some things about it I don't enjoy. You do understand, you don't come to church for enjoyment, right? You say, well, definitely not here. No, you don't come to church for enjoyment. I tell our people all the time, don't walk out and shake my hand and say, I enjoyed that message. I said, it makes me feel bad. You're not supposed to, I'm not supposed to enjoy this. There's not a lot in here I enjoy. Come on. When I read the Word of God, it convicts my heart. And I'm just not, even though we need the conviction and we need the Holy Spirit convicting our heart, it's not enjoyable. I leave church a lot of times dragging a leg. I leave church, I know, sorry John, I know some of you do that anyway, but <clears throat> I leave church a lot of times wounded because this book right here convicts me, but it works. We need that. He preached the word unto them. Y'all stop stopping me like that so we can get this done. I know what time we're supposed to be out, so I'm going to watch the clock and, well, you got a nice big clock. That tells you right there, it's important <laughs> to watch the clock. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. Four men come unto him, bringing a man on a bed, sick of the palsy. When they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, 
He said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Remember that thought when Jesus saw their faith. When Jesus saw their faith. You know, a lot of times we give by reason. We give according to what we have. We give according to our balance. When that's not what faith promise is. Faith promise is given by faith. I'm not, I'm not trying to brag, and I don't do that. I actually appall preachers that like to brag on themselves when they preach. I don't like that kind of stuff. But there is no possible way. If you would like to look at our books, our checkbook, there's no possible way me and Miss Jenny can give to missions what we give to missions. It doesn't, it doesn't work on paper. But it's worked for years and years and years. That's just God. He's, you know what he's looking for? Faith. Faith. He wants to see our faith. He wants to see that we have faith that we can do this and God's going to provide. And I'm telling you, he will. He said in his word he will. I'll lie to you, Brother Bill will lie to you. God will never lie to you. Okay, maybe he wouldn't, but we're human. We're human. He's God. And if he says he will provide, and if he says he's going to take care of you, you can mark it down. You can mark it down. He's going to take care of things. Well, I just, I just don't have that faith in like I should. There's the problem. There's a problem. When Jesus saw their faith, not the man on the bed, the man on the bed couldn't have any faith. He was totally depending on someone else to get him to Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. I think about these scriptures and I think about this, and I almost told you at the beginning this is a very familiar passage, but really they all should be familiar to us. I think about this, and here's a man that needs to get to Jesus. I mean, that's, that's it right there. He needs to get to Jesus, but he can't do it on his own. You understand St. Joseph, Missouri has a city full of people that need Jesus Christ. But if we have the attitude, well, maybe they'll get to Jesus. Well, we'll pray they get to Jesus. No, somebody needs to get them to Jesus. The men that come to Calvary, the men that come to the program there, they come to the ministry there because they need to get to Jesus. Now, some of them come saved. Some of them come lost. But they need a face-to-face with Jesus Christ. This man needed to get to Jesus. If there was a possibility of doctors healing, I'm sure they already tried that. If there was a possibility that he could get better, I'm sure that probably would have already taken place. This is a man who is hopeless. This is a man who has no hope. And unless somebody takes it upon themselves to get him to Jesus, his life's not going to change. His life's not going to get better. His life's just going to get worse. Four men. Four men. That's all the Bible tells us about them. Four men. And we live in a day-to-day now when people... People give or they give to the church or they give to some organization. They really want to be, uh, they want their name to be published. They want people to know what they've done. I don't find that with these four men. Here's four men that I'm sure they had things to do. I'm sure they had families. I'm sure they had jobs. I'm sure they had responsibilities. But they laid all that aside 
Because they saw someone that needed to get to Jesus. How many times, how many times a day, every day, every day, do we come in contact with people and they need Jesus Christ? What do we do? What do we do about it? I, I, I was so convicted a couple of years ago. I pulled up um, Chicago, Oklahoma, got a Casey's. I don't know, you have Casey's here? Casey's gas stations or whatever? We, we got one in Chicago. It was, a, I mean, it was in the papers. It was, it was amazing that we got something like that. It's a, it's a gas station that has a store inside. Uh, we just, we, I mean, we're a small town. And so uh, we have two stoplights in Eufaula, and one of them works most of the time. But we got a Casey's in, and I pulled into Casey's to get fuel, and as I pulled up to the pump, I got out and started my pump running, and there was an older lady, gray-haired lady on the other side at the pump, and I could see she was frustrated, and she was at the pump and working her card and trying to figure, and I just stepped around and said, ma'am, do you need some help? She said, I can't get this to take my card. So I took out her card, and I turned it and put it in the right way, and swiped the card, and it took it, and everything was fine. She goes, oh, thank you. I've been trying to figure out what was going on. What was I doing wrong? So I explained you. You know, it says right there you have to. She said, well, I guess if I'd read. I said, well, you know, it's, it's, it's a little hard to read. And so I've tried to be nice. Went back around, I pumped my gas and got done, got my receipt, got my truck, and I drove off. And when I pulled out on the road, it's like the Lord said, you had a chance right there. You had an opportunity right there. I gave you an opportunity, and you blew it. I'm like, man. I've got tracks right here in my truck. I didn't even take the opportunity to witness to that lady, and the Lord put her in my path. I turn around, I drive back, car's gone. I haven't seen her since. But I can see her right now. I can see her face. I can see her silver car. God puts people in our path every day. God gives us opportunities every day. And so many times we blow it. And you know what they need? They need to be introduced to Jesus Christ. Now, they do need to see him in us first. They do need to see Christ in us first. But they need to be introduced to him. They're not going to want Jesus Christ if it's not, if, it, if Jesus Christ doesn't make us happy. They're not going to want what we have. They're not going to want what we're selling if we don't seem to enjoy it. So, we've got to work on this too. But we've got to seize the opportunities. These four guys, the best I can tell, they just saw. I, I heard a preacher. I was in a camp meeting, Brother Bill. And you've been to camp meetings. You know how they are. You hear a lot of things in camp meetings. Some you, you keep, some you discard. And, but I heard a preacher say this. You know, I'm not sure that those four men weren't in the service where Jesus was preaching. And while they're sitting in the service, they get to thinking about this man they know out here that needs to hear what they're hearing. And if he could get to Jesus... And, you know, it was good preaching. It's not in the Bible, but it was good preaching. But I thought, you know, maybe they could have been. Something caused them to remember this man that was laying on the bed. And not just remembering. They didn't just request prayer for him. They did something about it. I'm not against requesting prayer. Prayer works, I understand that. But there comes a time when we need to use our feet. We need to use our hands. When you start doing something, these four men, there, may, there was no way they could heal the man, but they knew if they could get him to Jesus, Jesus could do something in his life. Jesus could change his life. Come on, we know that, right? I mean, we're sitting here, Christ lives in our heart. We know that when you meet Christ, it, it's a change in your life. 
There's a difference in your life. Don't look for a feeling when you get saved. Well, when I got saved, it felt really good. I was eight years old when I got saved. It felt really good. But some will say, well, you don't look for a feeling. Well, it sure felt good when I got saved. Jesus can make a difference in a life. He can change a life. We can't do a lot, but we can get people to Jesus. They bring this man to Jesus. They get his bed. They bring him to Jesus. Can you imagine as they're coming? Here's four men that are doing something together without an argument. They have a project. They have a plan. But no argument. I don't find where they said, well, I think we ought to... Well, I think you should turn the other way when you carry the bed. Well, I think you should... They just, the, the important thing was getting this man to Jesus. If we could get our focus off of all the arguing, we get our focus off of all the fussing, well, I don't like the way they do it over there at that church. Well, that's not your church. Quit worrying about out there. Worry about what's going on in here. They got this, they took this man to Jesus. As they're heading to Jesus, there was, I don't, I don't find where there was anything about, like, where did you go to Bible college? Well, I went so-and-so. Well, I went so-and-so. Well, I can't carry this bed with you. The man on the bed needed to get to Jesus. I don't think he cared if, even if they went to Bible college. I just need, just get me, if Jesus can help me, get me to Jesus. These men got him to Jesus. They did, they did, listen, they did what we normally do. They got him to the door, the Bible says. But they couldn't get him in the house for the crowd. And you know what the sad thing is? That's where a lot of us would have said, well, we did what we could. I did my best. God bless you, brother. He didn't need God bless you. No. He didn't need that. We'll be praying for you. Prayer's great, but that wasn't what he needed at the moment. I like this one. I'll be thinking about you. People tell, people tell you that sometimes, and I want to say, what? Well, how's that going to help me? It doesn't encourage me to know that you're out there 500 miles away and you thought about me. He didn't need to be thought about. He needed to get to Jesus. So somebody in the crowd, and I don't know who, but understand, I'm, I'm from Oklahoma. Okay? So somebody in the crowd, and I think probably one of the four, maybe the guy's name was Bubba. Just, just go with me on this. It's not Bible. This is just, when I was three years old, I stuck tweezers in an electrical socket thing, and I don't remember about three days of my life. And so... Um, Sometimes that just kind of, the buzz goes off in my head and I just go off on a different direction. But one of them's, maybe one of them's name's Bubba. And maybe he was the kind of guy, and you may have one in your church. We do, you may not. That when Bubba says, hey, y'all, I got an idea. Everybody kind of like, oh, boy. Do you have one? <laughs> Would you stand? No, don't. Maybe Bubba said, hey, y'all, I got an idea. And maybe the other guys were like, oh boy, what's your idea? Let's take him up on the roof. Let's cut a hole in the roof. Understand, this is a difficult task. Go with me again now. Let me wander off because of the electrocution. I'm picturing this guy on the bed weighed 450. Picture that. You say, Brother Jared, that's not even Bible. You're so. I understand, but I, I, I drift. Just stay with me while I drift. So I don't think it was an easy task. I don't know how much he weighed, but it couldn't have been an easy task to do this. But I don't find where there was any complaining. I don't find where there was any griping. I don't find where there was anybody saying, you know, this is too big a job. There's just no way we can do this. I just find where when they found an opportunity, 
They just did it. They just did it. They got this man on the roof. They cut a hole in the roof. I thought about the guy that owned the house. I wonder how he felt. They lowered this man down to Jesus, and Jesus healed him. The Bible says they couldn't get him in the house. But the, if we read on, you'll find where the Bible says the man picked up his bed and walked out of the house. Didn't have any problem getting out. Couldn't get in, but he didn't have any problem getting out. Why did this take place? Because there were four men that decided this. Maybe this was the conversation. Somebody needs to do something. Somebody needs to do something. And I'm telling you, in our world today, and what's going on in our world today, and all across this country, what's going on, somebody needs to do something. And I believe independent, fundamental, Bible-believing, snot-slinging Baptist churches need to be doing something about what's going on in our country and what's going on all across this country. And we have that opportunity when it comes to giving to missions. Investing in people. Doing something for someone else. You, you can't tell me. It, it, I think when we get to heaven, we're going to find this out. This man that was on this bed was forever indebted to these four men that took time to get him to Jesus, that sacrificed their time, that sacrificed their funds, that sacrificed going out to eat one night. You understand. You, you understand you could support a missionary on one night family outing. What it cost? You used to could go, and I hate this because it's my namesake, you used to could go to McDonald's and eat cheap. You can't anymore. I have families that will tell me, our family, we went out to McDonald's at night, it cost us 50 bucks. And I'm thinking, you know, Brother Bill, there's a lot of missionaries would love to have that 50 bucks. And how many times do we go out to eat and spend money going out to eat when we have food at home and to spare? A few months ago, me and Miss Jenny went through the disease. No one, it's rare, no one's had it, the COVID. Very rare. And I lost my taste. I couldn't taste anything. For three weeks, I couldn't taste anything. You ought to see how clean our pantries and refrigerator are. It didn't matter what it was. I told her, I said, fix anything we've had for a long time, because I can't taste it anyway. So I was eating things that I wouldn't normally eat because I couldn't taste it. We got rid of a lot of stuff in our pantry and refrigerator. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know there's a lot going on, and I know we have a lot, and I know we have bills to pay, and I know we have this and that. But God said if we'll give and we'll invest in others, He'll bless us. The blessings of God will come. Well, I just don't know if I can do it because I just really haven't seen God bless in my life a whole lot. and God's never really blessed me financially. How's your giving? Give, and it shall be given unto you. Well, I can't afford to give, a, give to missions. Sir, let me say something to you. You can't afford not to give to missions. You can't afford not to give to missions. That's the Great Commission. Go ye. If you can't go, send. If you can't go and you can't send, then you're going to be disobedient. Simple. Simple. These men took their time to get this man to Jesus. Now, again, understand. As you read this, you'll find that there were some scribes and Pharisees and different ones and that said... Complained. Let me back. They reasoned in their hearts. I don't even find where they spoke outwardly. They reasoned in their hearts. A lot of, there's a lot of people like that. A lot of people like that. Anytime you're going to do something for God, there's going to be criticism. 
Anytime you're going to be what God wants you to be and you're going to try to line up with this book, there's going to be people that criticize. And sometimes it'll be friends. And sometimes it'll be family that doesn't understand why you do what you do. But you don't do what you do for them. We do what we do for the Lord. There's always criticism. There's always those. I loved it when the Bible says they were reasoning in their hearts and Jesus perceived that they were reasoning in their hearts. He perceived what they were thinking. That's good for us to remember. He knows what we're thinking. He knows what your, your, your buddy or your neighbor may think they know what you're thinking, but the Lord knows what you're thinking. He knew what they were thinking, so he spoke to them about what they were thinking. There's always going to be those there that try to criticize. There's always going to be those there that try to discourage you. But we've got to keep lined up with this. We've got to follow what this says, and it says give, give. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Every time, every time someone comes to me and says, Brother Jarrah, I just can't, I just can't see how we're going to be able to give to missions. Because we don't have, and I said, that's the problem. You don't have because you're not giving. Faith, promise. By faith, promising to give to missions, to give to God a certain amount. God has always come through for us. And I, I think by the nods that I'm seeing, many of you have experienced how God always comes through for you when we do what he asks us to do. These four men, this man would not have got to Jesus. And I'm telling you, there's people, there's people that are depending on us. There's people that are depending on you. There's people that are depending on me. There's people that are depending on this church. There's people that are depending on Calvary Baptist Church. We support about 25 missionaries, and those 25 missionaries were a small church, and those 25 missionaries, I promise you, Brother Bill, they count on that check coming in the mail every month. I know that because we're missionaries also, and we have a lot of churches that support the ministry there at Calvary, and my dad used to count on those checks coming in every month. It didn't seem to bother me, but now I count on those checks coming in every month. Absolutely. Not for us but for others, but for others. I heard a preacher say this years ago, and it's so true, it costs money to win souls. Now you may think, there's no way, all you need is the Word of God. I understand, I understand what you're saying, but I also understand what he's saying. It does cost money to win souls. Gas money. Yeah. Support missionaries to win souls. We have investments, and by looking around this room, you have investments all over this country. Not just in home missions, but in foreign missions. You have investments. You understand, you have, you have a service going on here today. And understand, I know it's weak. Brother John Carneal was talking earlier about a preacher that preached here years ago and how the power of God was on him. I told him, I said, don't expect that today. Don't expect anything like that today. I understand this is a weak day for you. But you have not just this service going on, you have investments in services all over the world. There'll be people saved today. Maybe not right here. Maybe here. Maybe not right here. But there'll be people saved today across this country, and you have a part in that because you're supporting missions. Now, you have a part in it if you're giving to Faith Promise Missions. If you're not, you don't really have a part. You don't really have a part. My dad used this term years ago, and I, I still use it. I think it's great. My dad used this term. It's an investment. Well, I don't look at it that way. Well, just think about it. You're investing in lives. You're investing in missionaries so they can reach other people for Christ. 
God's going to bless you for investing in that missionary. God's going to bless you. It's like clipping coupons. The blessings of God are going to come when we support missions and when we give to missions. Thank God for a missions month. Thank God for a church that still gives to missions. And not just foreign missions, but home missions. We've had a couple of churches send letters this, just this year. Uh, we're no longer supporting home missions. We're only going to support foreign missions. And I always write a nice letter back, and if that's what God leads you to do, that's fine. But understand, we have foreign missions because of the home missions. I don't say that in a letter, but that's what I think. I mean, the people that are on the foreign mission field were here in home missions when God called them to go to the foreign missions. We don't want to neglect anyone that's wanting to do something for God. And as I look around this room, you're not neglecting missions. But there could be some here today, you're neglecting giving to missions. You're neglecting giving. You're not going to receive the blessings of God. This man, understand, this man on this bed would not have got to Jesus had those four men not decided, somebody needs to do something. Let's do something. Let's do something. I want to challenge you. If you're not given to missions, if you're not given to missions, you're missing out. You're missing out. The blessings of God come when you give. You give your tithes and offering, that's just, that just proves you're not a thief. Your tithes, that proves you're not a thief right there when you give your tithe. But the missions and the offering, that just shows how much you love God and how much you love others. And if he's in here, if he's in here, there ought to be a love in our heart for others. Well, Brother J.R., I can't give a lot. Give to missions and see if God doesn't change that. I'm telling you, we serve a great God. We live in a strange day, but we serve such a great God. And he's, my biggest fear, this is not scriptural, but my biggest fear is this, Brother Bill. One day when we all get to heaven, and aren't you looking, longing for that day? I mean, I am so close to wanting to be there right this moment. I mean, I really am. I'm just, I'm just really ready. Before I got married, I wanted to wait until after I got married. But now, I'm, since I've been married 39 years, I'm ready to go. No, I'm not. We're going to get to heaven, and there's going to be this big pile of blessings. And you know, the, my, the scary part is, there'll be a sign on it that says J.R., and I'll say, what's the pile of blessings with my name on it? That's what I wanted to do for you. But you never got in a position to where I could bless you the way I wanted to bless you. God's so good to us. He blesses us when we don't deserve it. But we can put ourselves, our lives, our family in a position where God will pour out the blessings. He said he would. will pour out the blessings on us when we follow what he says in his word. You can't tell me this man, you can't tell me this man wasn't thrilled that these four men invested time, their time, their talents into getting him to Jesus because it changed his life. It changed his life. Went in on a bed, came out on his feet. That's a life-changing experience. And I, I start to say I don't know about you. I do know about you. If you're here today and you're saved and Christ lives in your heart, you know when you got saved how it changed your life. How it changed your life. There's a world full of people out there. A world full of people out there that need Jesus Christ. That's why we have faith promise missions. 
That's why we have faith. So we can reach others for Christ. Just a challenge. I just want to challenge you. If you're not given to missions, start giving. Start giving. Well, I'll try to look and I'll try to see. No, give by faith. Give by faith. Let God give you a number. And just give that number and just see if God doesn't provide. I, I'm just telling you, I'm not telling you something I've read. I'm not telling you something I've heard. I'm telling you something I've experienced. When you give by faith, God blesses. God blesses. Brother Bill, thank you. Well, all God's people said. Well, thank you, Brother J.R. Appreciate that very, very much. I tell you, since we started giving to Faith Promise Missions years ago, uh, it's been incredible how God has allowed us to increase and to a point where even what Brother J.R. said, it doesn't make sense what we're able to give. It just doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. But God has never left us without. He always, always supplies the need. Uh, let's have a word of prayer. Father, thank you so much for the Bible. Thank you for the examples it gives us of people that did care and do care for others and help us to have that same spirit. Thank you for the lesson. Uh, Lord, help it drive a point home in each one of our hearts. Uh, Lord, we, we are thankful that you allow us to be a part of your ministry, uh, Lord, to uh, reach people with the gospel even around the world. Thank you for your goodness and mercy. Uh, we're so grateful, Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to take about a 15-minute break, and then we will have the morning service.